Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, there they were, gathered amongst one another. They were scared, confused, and unsure of what to do next. They were behind locked doors for fear, without peace, without understanding of what must take place concerning the resurrection of Jesus. The disciples had heard from Mary Magdalene and the women with her that morning that Christ had been raised from the dead. But this news seemed to them an idle tale. The disciples didn't believe the word of their testimony. Peter and John had even seen the empty tomb. They had seen the linen cloths laid aside and the face cloths neatly folded in its own place. Surely this was clear evidence that the body of Jesus had not been stolen. For what sort of grave robber would take the time to fold the linen laid upon our Lord? Even still, Peter and John found themselves hiding with the other disciples in a locked room. They were fearful on account of the Jews and in need of that peace which comes from God alone. They lacked understanding of what the scriptures say must happen concerning our Lord's resurrection and were thus wanting. Like newborn infants, they longed to be fed with the pure spiritual milk of God's holy word. That's what the Latin name for this Sunday means. Quasimodo geniti, like newborn infants, we Christians long for the pure spiritual milk of God's word, which we receive from our mother, the church, that by it we may grow up into salvation, as St. Peter says. Indeed, the Christian life is one of growth and maturation. And without the word of God, faith starves. It languishes, especially when people despise preaching and God's word. When they don't come before the Lord, with eager hearts, ready to receive what he has prepared for us in the divine service. Or when people come to church infrequently, perhaps only on Christmas and Easter. But the Lord would not have it so. Instead, he would have our faith be nourished by his word and for us to receive his sacraments with thanksgiving, that in these things we would grow strong and robust our Lord desires this for us as his children and for us to know that he will by no means leave us as orphans. It pleases Christ our Lord to come into our midst to make his, present, to make his presence known to us visibly and tangibly and to bring us peace as he did for the disciples in our text. For the grave most certainly could not contain the Lord Jesus, nor could the large stone placed in front of his tomb succeed in holding him back. And if obstacles such as these were proven insufficient, utterly unworthy for the task of hindering him from doing as he pleases, then surely the locked doors where the disciples were could not in any way fare better. 
No doors or walls or stones, however great, shall keep our risen Lord from drawing near to his disciples, nor shall they prevent his coming to those whom he loves, for whom he has given his life. Indeed, nothing in all of creation shall keep him from being with them physically in his glorified body. Nothing shall keep him from you, dear friends. Even the disciples' secret gathering place was not hidden from our Lord's sight. As is true for us each day in our going out and in our coming in, Jesus knew exactly where his disciples were. He was well aware of the problems plaguing them. For the disciples had been filled with sorrow at Christ's departure. They were, they were reduced to hiding for fear of the Jews. But despite his divine power and majesty as the resurrected Lord, Christ sympathizes with the disciples in their fragile condition. He has compassion on them in their fear, for he is merciful and will not forsake his saints. Indeed, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, comes into their midst as one who has felt the full range of human emotions. A man of sorrows is he, knowing all their innermost passions. He sees the inner stirrings of their heart as clearly as you see me now, but he does not despise them for it. And in that moment when he came and stood among them, we hear Christ issue no scathing rebuke. We hear no lengthy discussion on why the disciples should have known all along that this would happen and that they shouldn't be afraid. The good pastor and bishop of our souls does what he knows is best for his disciples. And for that reason, Jesus appears to them and says only this, peace be with you. To borrow from St. John Chrysostom, Christ speaks to them so tenderly, it could have softened a stone. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, our text says. Then the disciples were glad. That is to say, they rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Notice that for the disciples, their enemies about them didn't simply disappear. The problem of the Jews seeking to persecute them didn't just go away when Jesus stood among them. That didn't change. But there was a change within the disciples, for they knew that they were in the presence of the risen Lord. They knew that Jesus was with them, and that made all the difference. The real physical presence of Jesus is what made them glad. It's what they needed to take away their fear. It's like a little child unable to sleep at night for fear of the dark. When mom comes in, darkness may still be all around, but the boy is comforted by her presence. He's glad to be with her, and he need not fear the darkness as he did before. The same is true for a fighter pilot who's been shot down and stranded behind enemy lines one fearing for his survival, who dreads being found by his pursuers. 
but a flood of relief washes over him when instead he's found by a team of Navy SEALs who were sent to rescue him. He's not yet out of danger, but he's glad to be in their company. His hope is renewed and he's comforted being in their presence as they move out to be extracted. Dear friends, in this sort of way, the disciples were glad when the risen Lord came into their midst. Their fears subsided when they saw the body of Jesus, when they looked on his scars and they knew it was him speaking peace into their hearts. And this same Prince of Peace has promised that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he shall be among them. And as he was present among the disciples in the upper room, so too Christ is physically present here with you. You have heard his voice in the proclamation of his word, and soon you will see with your eyes his holy body in the Eucharist. You'll receive it in and with the bread to be given you, and our resurrected Lord shall put his own cup to your lips and bid you drink unto life eternal. He has indeed come into your midst to bring you his peace, that divine well-being and salvation which only he can give. Of what, then, shall you be afraid? Maybe you fear God's fiery wrath on mankind because of sin. But remember that Christ is your advocate before the Father. And he comes not to destroy repentant sinners, but to save them. Just a short while ago, we confessed our sins to him together as one body. And you heard his absolution pronounced. So how could we not be made glad in the presence of our Lord? How could we not rejoice with all of heaven in these gifts which he gives? It's true that the world suffers death and decay for its rebellion against God. But why shall we fear when Jesus is with us, when he dwells among us for our good? Maybe you fear for your future. You're unsure how things will play out when you look ahead at what might come down the pike, how you'll make ends meet, how your family will fare, how you'll make it in the end. But you are in the presence of Jesus, the fountain of life itself, the one who swallowed up death, whom hell could not conquer. He upholds the cosmos by the word of his power. He sustains his church from age to age, and at his holy table, we shall eat and drink with him today. You may indeed have many problems looming large, like the disciples did, hiding for fear of the Jews. But the Lord Jesus is present here with us, even as he was with them. The good shepherd is at hand, and he shall never forsake you, neither in life nor in death. So who then 
shall make you afraid. Dear friends, if you fear where the world is headed and the schemes of those who are hostile to the church, or perhaps the so-called Great Reset, be at peace. For the Lord Jesus sets a table before you, even, the pre- even in the presence of your enemies. He's present with you, even as they press in on every side. You need not be afraid of them or of the brood of vipers behind the Great Reset. By his cross and passion, Christ has crushed the head of the ancient serpent, which no mere mortal could ever defeat. And likewise, these other reptiles are by no means any match for Jesus. All their schemes will, in the end, come to nothing. But in the meantime, and even to the end of the age, our risen Lord has promised to be with his disciples. So whether the wrath of God makes you afraid, your future, or the wicked schemes of men, our risen Savior will be with you through it all. As Psalm 16 says, in his presence there is fullness of joy, and nothing shall ever keep him from you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And to the same Jesus Christ is all glory both now and forever. Amen.